Hey friends, before we get started today, I wanted to let you know what we'll be looking at in the next Pop Culture Breakdown episode in two weeks. And just quickly, I'm recording this while on an unexpected trip back to the East Coast, so I apologize for the shitty sound quality. I promise the rest of the episode sounds totally normal. You may have heard recently that producers on the reality TV show Below Deck Down Under had to intervene to prevent a sexual assault. On a show that regularly highlights blackout drinking and aggressive behavior, it was the first time an intervention like this had happened, and it has prompted a lot of conversation. So in two weeks, we're going to look at the two episodes in question. What did the producers do right? What should they have handled differently? Were there opportunities that were missed among the cast members? And we'll even get an astonishingly clear look at a rape apologist who just happens to be a young woman herself. So if you'd like to watch before you listen, check out Below Deck Down Under, Season 2, Episode 6, All Wrong, and Season 2, Episode 7, The Turnover Day. And I can tell you from experience that you don't need much background before jumping into these episodes. I had never watched the show before. And other than trying to keep straight who was who, I didn't have any problem keeping up. In the United States, you can find these episodes streaming on Bravo, Peacock TV, NBC, and you can rent them on Amazon Prime. Now, on to today's show. Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I am sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, Turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hey friends, today is the first in my new series of coaching conversations. So often I hear people express confusion about what happens in a coaching session or unease with what they assume it must be like. So I want to share some actual coaching sessions in order to dispel some of that mystery for you. But before we dive into that, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who reached out with feedback about the last episode with Kristen Meinzer, doing a deep dive into how sex and sexuality are portrayed in an episode of Netflix's Never Have I Ever and an episode of Apple TV's Ted Lasso. One listener said that even though neither are shows that they've watched before, they learned a lot from our conversation which feels like a pretty nice compliment. With your enthusiastic responses, I feel comfortable moving forward with more pop culture episodes, and I'm thrilled 
because it's truly a marriage of my two favorite things, sexuality and entertainment. Okay, let's turn our focus to today's conversation. Here are some things you need to know before we get started. Jen volunteered to have this coaching session knowing that it would be recorded and shared. She is not a previous client, so I don't have any knowledge about her case beyond what you'll hear in this conversation. Jen has a history of sexual abuse, which is referenced repeatedly throughout this conversation, but we never go into any specifics about what happened. And I actually think that's an important point. You don't need to spill every detail of your past in order to get benefit from coaching. It's one of the differences between coaching and therapy. The way I describe it is that in therapy, you spend a lot of time looking back in order to clean things up with yourself so you can then figure out how to move forward. In coaching, we spend our time looking primarily at where you want to go and figuring out how to get there. And sometimes we find that we have to look back in order to get the stumbling blocks out of your way. They're both valuable and both have their place. And I say that as someone who has had numerous therapists and coaches over the years. I'll jump back in at the end of the coaching session to share a few more thoughts, along with information about how you can get a free coaching session with me. Jen is a 49-year-old cisgender woman who describes herself as white, straight, monogamous, married, and curvy. She does not have children. Here's my conversation with Jen. Jen, welcome. Just to set the scene here, before we started recording, you told me that you had some sexual trauma as a kid, and that you also grew up in a home where it sounds like sex was a challenging subject, where it was mostly don't do this. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then now as an adult, you've been married for quite a few years. You're wanting sex to be a little more fun than it is because you still haven't quite figured out how to relax and let loose. And you're also dealing with the fact that over time, your body has changed. So is that sort of an encapsulation of of where we're going today? Yeah, that sounds accurate. Okay. So let's, first of all, let's choose a direction. And we'll probably end up talking about both these things. But do you want to focus primarily on having more fun or on learning to be okay in your body during sex? Probably the latter is more what I need because I think that would help me actually have more fun. Okay. I was present. Yeah. All right. So talk to me a little bit about what happens to you when you're starting to sort of get sexy with your husband. Do you have fun at first and then the thoughts come in? Or did the thoughts come in right from moment one about like, oh, how does my body look? And what's he going to think? I mean, the body stuff comes up before because there's like the whole like disrobing part you know and um (laughs) and he's usually so much quicker to just be like I don't know how he does it he's like ta-da naked you know and then (laughs) and then I'm like 
okay, I'm going to take my clothes off and be very self, you know, aware. And, and then, and he's like, don't worry about it. Mm. You know, it's not coming from him. Like he's not making this uncomfortable for me. Um, and, and I'm already like, ugh, you know, about my body. And then as we like progress, then it just gets more difficult because then the trauma comes in. Mm. So it's like it already kind of starts off as like, oh, God, I don't I don't have the body of the 25 year old me. And then then there's the the rest of it, which is like all the emotional baggage of like, yeah life and everything Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so it's like so i think i'm kind of a hot mess like before we even (laughs) do anything yeah so it's uh yeah it's been kind of it's been kind of a challenge really do you remember a time when you were having sex and you felt comfortable in your body is that an experience you've ever had so i you know i've i would say briefly Mm -hmm. more recently you know, oh, okay. like there have been times and that and it's because I have been I've, I've been in a lot of counseling mm. to really heal a lot of the trauma and to honestly to be more in my body all the time. Like I have a lot of anxiety. I have other things going on that and uh, and it and so I have done a ton of work and I have talked to my counselor about sex a fair amount, um, but there's still, you know. I mean, come on, like, it's just hard to talk about, you know, and I think part of why it's hard to talk about is because like, I'm still waiting for my sex talk from my parents. Mm. Um, You know, it's never going to happen. And, you know, and then the conversation was, well, you just don't do that, you know, and then years later, come to find out well, my parents did, you know, so like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's this whole thing around like, there's all this hypocrisy and stuff that's wrapped into it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just you know and i just i've always i guess assumed that nobody else goes through any of this mm. so it's a it's been a kind of isolating feeling really um but then you realize over time that you aren't alone in your thoughts about this not only are you not alone it's probably more women than not go through some version of this of I want to love my body. I'm hearing all of these messages about how I'm supposed to be able to love my body, but I don't love my body because I also have all these other messages. And therefore, my not being able to love my body because of all the other messages makes me even more of a failure. Yeah, I have that conversation with myself a lot. It's a vicious circle. And I don't know how to get out of it. And and I think that I mean, it's really, it feels really good to realize that other people have these same thoughts. Mm. I mean, there's some comfort in it. And at the same time, it sucks. Like, I wouldn't want other people to feel this at all. Mm -hmm. And you have already made the first most important step of this process, which is being willing to acknowledge this is going on for you, and that it's something that you're not comfortable with and would like to shift, that acknowledgement is huge. Because so many of us, and I will count myself in this up to a few years ago, 
spend our lives thinking, I'm wrong, I'm broken, and this is just the way it's always going to be. There's no way. There's no way for it to change. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I do know that it can change because through all of my work on other areas of my life, I mean, I've seen significant change and progress. So I believe that it can get better. I just hate that like some of the trauma and other things come in to this thing that could be really beautiful. Yeah. I hate that for you. (laughs) I think you told me that you were about seven when the trauma began. What does that little seven-year-old need to hear right now? I guess that for me, as an adult, I want to acknowledge what happened and comfort her and at the same time say it's okay because that's not what's happening now. So let's think about a seven-year-old. She's fairly innocent. She doesn't know much about the world. Before this happened, she likely knew little to nothing about sex. And at seven, we do not have a great grasp on logic yet. So when you try to say to this little girl, I see you, I feel you, I know how hard that was, and that's not happening right now, she does not know what that means. Because to her, it is still happening in this moment, in every moment. Yeah. Do you remember a time before the trauma happened? Like, do you remember how you felt in your body or what life was like before that? Not much. I have looked at pictures. Mm -hmm. And you can see like that before after. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I wish I could remember more. Yeah. If you imagine one of those pictures, if you feel safe, you can close your eyes. Um, Imagine one of those pictures from the before time. What do you see in her eyes? What do you see in her body? Uh, Comfort, light, joy. How does she feel in her body? How does she use her body? It's just effortless. Yeah. Does she go swing on the jungle gym? Or, you know, what's her thing? Swimming and all of it. Yeah. 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 Imagine that freedom of swimming. Let yourself just sink into that feeling for a minute. Yeah, it's okay. Keep breathing. (laughs) Yeah. Breathing is always the hard part. (laughs) So she's swimming and there are no restrictions on her body. How does that feel in your body? I mean, amazing and foreign. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad that you went there because the tendency would be to say, it feels amazing. But what I saw on your face was, this feels really fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's both, you know, like, it's like, okay, yes. And no. Yeah. (laughs) So as soon as you, as adult Jen, get into a moment where you start to feel that freedom and that expansiveness and that ability to move then your brain immediately comes in and is like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not going to do this. Fuck that. Let's shut this shit down. Yeah? That's right. Yeah. 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 
And there's a really good reason because your brain is still trying to protect that seven-year-old. She went through a massive before and after moment at a point when she was far too young to have any understanding of what that meant or what that would do to her. And she is still kicking and screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I shouldn't say that. Is she a kicker and a screamer or is she a curl up in a little ball and disappear? Curl up in a little ball. Yeah. So she's probably still curled up in that little ball. I mean, I still do that as an adult. Or I Chandler Bing you to death. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love a good friend's reference. (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole deflect and be funny. Yeah. uh, and that's what I do. It's kind of the the way I hide mm-hmm. now. What happens inside your body when you don't do that? When you let yourself just sit in the discomfort? I I mean, I don't like it. I don't mm-hmm. do it very often because it feels icky. Yeah. But I'm getting to where I know I have to do it. So, you know, I give it a, I give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Here and there. Good. That's amazing. (laughs) Again, you're at that point of acknowledgement of what I'm doing is not working for me. Right. And so even though this feels really awful and uncomfortable, I'm willing to at least entertain the possibility of something different, even if it's only for one second at a time, because those little one second things over time come together into minutes. And over time, those minutes come together into hours. You know, anytime I do a workshop with people and they come up to me at the end of it and they're like, oh, my God, this was life changing. I'm never going to forget this feeling. I'm going to live like this forever. And I'm like, love the energy and never going to (laughs) happen. And sometime in the next 24 hours, somebody's going to flip you off in traffic and you are going to be just as pissed off as you would have been two days ago. Like, this is just how it works. What we're doing is building a muscle and you don't go from zero muscle to completely jacked in one (laughs) session. You do lots of small sessions to build that muscle over time. And so these moments where you let yourself sit in the discomfort are the training of building that muscle. How does that sit with you? I mean, it sucks. And it's also the process in a lot of ways that I've been going through to manage my own life outside of the scope of this conversation, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, because I find that I have to do that with a lot of things that you know, somebody with anxiety and depression and all kinds of things. I have to be, I have to maintain things. Um, And it's been really hard with COVID and everything. Like Mm. it's so much easier to just numb out. Yes. You know, and lately I've been trying really hard to just like come back, come back, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's just not, it's, it's not easy. So So what do you do in order to bring yourself back? So over the last few months, what I've been doing is uh, meditating. Mm -hmm. So I can be mindful in the breath. Because when I'm like actually focused on the breath, I know that I'm 
there. Mm. Like I can't just go. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, I become more aware when I've gone. Cause mm-hmm. then I'm like, wait, no, 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 we can't be thinking about all that. We have to be like right here. And then I also do like other things that I've figured out over time is to just kind of remind myself that like here, everything's okay. <laughs> like yeah. nothing bad is happening in this moment. Like why, you know, all of that kind of thing is like what kind of keeps me going. But it's really weird. There's like this bright line then where it's like when it comes to sex, like those skills just don't seem to leap the fence and yes. come over with me. Uh, it's like really strange. Well, it, yes. And it makes complete <laughs> sense <laughs> because sex is very vulnerable just on its face and then add in your background. It's a recipe for a mess. And I'm glad that you made that connection because this was actually going to be my next question for you, which is how much do you breathe during sex? Very little. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) And I'm going to suggest that you don't stop breathing at the moment that intercourse begins. You stop breathing at the moment that your clothes start coming off. That's probably true. Yeah. And the tense starts yes. too. It's the same nervous system response. The, like all your guards go up, you stop breathing, and it's like you're totally ready for a fight. Yeah? Yeah. So this is the exciting slash fucking terrifying piece (laughs) 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 which is learning how to breathe as you're taking your clothes off okay that was a very strong okay (laughs) and yeah I can see on your face it's terrifying because what this requires is being in your body at the scariest moment for that seven-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and Because you can't hide. Right. There's nowhere to hide. Literally. And you can't run. Yeah. <laughs> Who usually initiates intimacy? Your husband or you? Uh, more often than not, it's him. But I've, I have been trying to do that myself. Um, That's great. Regardless of who initiates, how does your sort of intimate sexy time begin? Do you immediately go to clothes off or is there touching and cuddling before you get to that? Uh, Sometimes there's some cuddling, but most of the time it's straight to clothes off. Okay. And is that comfortable for you? I don't know. I mean, it just is. Right. Okay. Um, So very often we get into patterns with sex of, well, this is just how it is. And we stop thinking about whether this is actually what I want it to be. We just sort of go along with the script. And you've been married a long time. You've seen this movie a thousand times you know how this script goes. And so trying to sort of hijack the script and do it a little bit differently, like you initiating takes a lot of energy and a lot of courage. So you're, you're already demonstrating that. The next thing that I'm going to encourage you to do 
is that as soon as you start to feel your body go into that (gasps) space to say to your husband and warn him before, (laughs) like, I, I highly recommend you sitting down and having a conversation with him sometime in the next, you know, couple of days while this is still fresh for you and say, I just had this conversation where I realized like I'm playing out this movie and I'm not even sure how much of it is my current character anymore. And so I need to learn how to pause and breathe and really get present. And this is going to be something I have to practice. And so what that's going to look like. And so this is the information you're giving him so that he can be in this with you rather than you surprising him in the moment. So tell him what this is going to look like is I'm going to like put my hand on your skin or I'm going to connect with you in some way. And I'm going to say, I need a minute. Okay. This is not me rejecting you. This is me trying to get back into my body. I just need a minute to breathe. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The first few times you do this, it is going to feel fucking ridiculous and like you want to fall through the floor, probably. Yeah? Like you can just expect that the very act of doing this is going to... (laughs) send you into some altered state. (laughs) And that's okay. The first few times, the entire assignment is about just saying the thing. Okay. When you get a little bit more used to being able to say, I need a minute to breathe, then you, you may actually be able to get into your body and breathe. Yeah. Okay. When you feel like, okay, I'm present again. I can re-engage with you and you may be able to re-engage for three minutes or 10 minutes or 10 seconds before you have to stop and breathe again. Okay. I know it sounds scary and kind of overwhelming, but how does it feel to you in terms of, is it doable? I mean, I, I feel a lot calmer just by hearing that I could, that's a possibility. Mm. So I appreciate that for sure. I am sure that he would be fine with that. Yeah, I think that's that would be good. There's something else going on on your face. What else is going on in your brain? <laughs> There's just like a a time where like he's on top of me where I just I really can't breathe at mm. that point. And it's not like physically. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's like Totally. Like emotionally, like it happens and it's like, and we can be like in the middle of like, I can be like grooving on it and thinking, oh, hey, this is all right. This is all right. And then all of a sudden it's like very claustrophobic feeling. And I hate that. What do you do when that switch flips? How do you respond in the moment? Well, unfortunately, I just want it to be over Mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. And it's at a time when I think that he's enjoying it. So he wants things to go on longer and I'm at the like, nope, let's just get this done. Okay. Right yes, now. exactly. It's, I feel like it's at that place where it could be like super awesome. And then it, then, then my something happens and my um, 
physically brain, everything just kind of says no way. Yeah. 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 Um, and but it's always the same position. And that's what's so weird about it. Like there's like this, just this way that he's on top of me or whatever that it's like, cause it can be other stuff and it's like, no problem. Um, and like, and he would actually prefer if I was on top, mm-hmm. but because of my body image stuff, <laughs> I feel like okay. super weirded out about that. Okay. Um, cause then it's like, Oh, Hey, like you can totally see me now. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so the position where he's on top and you can be really into it and then all of a sudden the the switch flips, does that in any way mirror the position you were in as a child? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So like we don't need to pull that apart, right? It's not rocket surgery. We understand that the brain is making that connection. Is it, does that right. feel fair? That feels fair. Okay. For sure. So what happens when you're in that moment and you're having the pleasure and then the little girl is like, "Uh uh-uh, this is not safe. We're going to shut this down. But then you power through anyway. Is that you are reinforcing that trauma for the little girl. That sounds right. Let me say, you're not doing anything wrong. You as adult, Jen, have been doing the best you've known how. You have not been doing anything wrong. Okay. Now you're going to have a little more information so that you can handle this differently. Okay? Okay. So when you push through, when you force your body to do something that your brain is no longer feeling safe with. Yeah. You're repeating that trauma over and over. Oh yeah. And, and, and well, and I, I leave. I mean, I'm not even there anymore. Exactly. Because that's the coping mechanism is, yeah, this is not safe. Bye-bye. I mean, I, I think the first time I like, you know, disassociated was during that. trauma so like it's pretty easy to just yeah and so what I heard you say a few minutes ago is we get to that moment and I think that my husband would be disappointed if we stopped like this is where it's getting really good for him and so I assume he just wants to keep going and so I push through what if he recognizes that you're gone to realize I am doing this thing that I want my wife to have pleasure in and she's not here. So I don't get to share it with her. Well, I'm I'm sure that doesn't feel good for him. So again, I want to be really clear. You're not doing anything wrong. You have not been creating any bad juju with him. (laughs) And let's look at it the opposite way, which is how much more wonderful would it be for him if his partner were able to stay present and connected throughout the entire act? Yeah. And so what that means... It means I have to be honest and stop so I can breathe. 
Yeah, it's going to be a little awkward for a while. Or I just fucking flip him over and say, fuck yeah. (laughs) I've I've thought about that too. Like sometimes I'm like, you know what I mean? I've I've thought about that. And I think he would be like, what the hell? But like, I think he would go with it. Yeah. And if that is something that you think could flip the script for you, absolutely do that. What I also heard you say, though, is that being on top puts other issues at the forefront. So if you're trading one freeze for another, that's maybe not the trade off you want to go with. I mean, you're the sex coach. What's the like sideways in between position? (laughs) I don't, I honestly don't think this is about position. Doesn't exist. Okay. No, Um, there are lots of positions that exist. But I don't think that that's the issue. The issue is that you're leaving. This is your brain protecting you. You are not doing anything wrong. It's so important that you hear that. Your brain is protecting you. And now it's time to say, thank you, brain. I appreciate how you have been protecting me. That was brilliant when I was seven years old. Now at 49 years old, I want to see if we can do something a little different. Yeah. I'm in that place. I need a minute. And if that means that the two of you disconnect, like literally stop having intercourse and just lay together and cuddle, that's okay. You're not depriving him of anything. What you're doing is building yourself toward being fully present. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It totally makes sense. I appreciate that. And I can picture it in my mind as being something very tender and precious. Yes. Like it's a good, it's a good feeling. Yes. And like I said, he's, I mean, he loves me. Mm -hmm. He's loved you through a lot of stuff already. It sounds like. Oh, hells yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to be scared away by this. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> and if it sometimes means that, I don't know what your relationship with blowjobs and handjobs and toys and all of that stuff is, but if it sometimes means that you need to finish him another way so that you don't yeah. feel like you've deprived him, that's okay. Okay. And I've totally done that. Good. <laughs> Whatever it takes to help you calm your brain. Because if your brain is thinking, I'm leaving him high and dry, it's not going to be able to like integrate the, wow, I just did a good thing, (laughs) you know? Right. So let yourself stop, calm down, let your nervous system calm down some, breathe. And then if and when your brain starts going, hello, we are doing a terrible thing by <laughs> depriving him, then you can take care of that. Okay. And well, and to be fair, he's not, he's, he's comfortable saying, um, I have some needs over here. Cool. Great. <laughs> so, okay, good. So that, <laughs> so there's that too. Like, he'll let me know. Good. Um, so yeah. Um, But yeah, we've covered a lot of ground here. Yeah, we've just been through a lot. And so first, I want to check in with where you are right now in this moment. Surprisingly good. Yeah, this was incredibly brave. I'm very appreciative. I don't know if it makes for a good podcast. 
It does, but, but also that's not your concern. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> Always taking care of other people. <laughs> I, yes. So we've opened some doors and you're probably familiar with this from therapy, but I want to say it anyway. We've opened some doors that you don't necessarily stand around opening a lot of the time. So if over the next 24, 48 hours, you have some spikes of emotion, it's okay. You haven't broken okay. anything. You haven't done anything wrong. It's just the stuff that we've just opened up flooding through your system. It will pass. And if you need some extra support, let me know and we'll process through it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. And um, thank you for everything. I mean, this has been amazing. I didn't know what to expect, honestly. I'm glad. Jen, I have a final question for you before we close up for the day. Okay. What would you like to be appreciated for right now? Uh, being brave. Yes. Jen, I really want to appreciate you for being brave. This took a lot of courage. Thanks. Here are three takeaways from my conversation with Jen. A kind and decent partner should want you to be having a wonderful, pleasurable experience. Part of the fun of sex is seeing and hearing your partner have pleasure. So if we're pushing through sex that our brain has detached from, just so that we don't interrupt our partner's pleasure, our partner can usually tell. While Jen powers through her trauma response so she doesn't interrupt her husband's good time, there's a really good chance he's not having as good a time as she thinks he is. Number two, when you force your body to continue doing things that your brain no longer wants, you are re-traumatizing the part of you that disconnected in the first place. The trauma response that Jen has during sex is her inner seven-year-old telling her that she doesn't feel safe. The claustrophobic and panicky feeling Jen describes is the only language that seven-year-old has available to communicate with adult Jen. When Jen powers through her trauma response, she's telling the seven-year-old that it still isn't safe and it probably won't ever be safe to engage in vulnerable, connected sex. And number three, continuing to push that seven-year-old and expecting her to suddenly come around at some point will never work. Think of a real-life seven-year-old that you know. When they have a meltdown, telling them to stop crying and be quiet is never going to work. It's only going to make them cry harder, Unless they're the child who's so scared that they go into a silent freeze state, but that's a conversation for another day. What actually helps is to stop what you're doing, sit down with them, and hold them while they breathe and calm down. This is exactly the process I have encouraged Jen to go through when she has a mid-sex meltdown. In this case, she's not able to physically take the seven-year-old in a bear hug, 
but she can prove to that little girl inside her that there's a new big person in charge now. And adult Jen is no longer going to allow her to be hurt the way she once was. It's not an overnight process, but the more intentional and consistent Jen is about it, the more progress she'll see. Now, if you'd like to do a free 30-minute coaching session with me for the podcast, go to goodgirlstalk forward slash podcast coaching. That link is in the app you're listening on now. A 30-minute session like this is great for getting some concrete tools that you can take home and start using right away. What it doesn't provide is ongoing support as you implement those tools. The process of growing and healing is never a straight line. It is always a twisty path that offers a shortcut through the woods, then doubles back on itself in unexpected places. If you'd like a companion as you walk this twisty path, I currently have spots open in my coaching schedule. All of the information is at leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. And while you're there, you can set up a free, no pressure, no obligation phone call to see if we're a good fit for each other. That's at leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. And that link is in the app you're listening on now. I would be honored to guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. If you have comments or questions about anything you've heard on today's show, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. Full show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. And you can follow me at Good Girls Talk on the socials for more sex positive content. If you're enjoying this show, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. While listening to this show is free, producing it is not. If my work is meaningful to you, and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I will gratefully accept your support at Patreon. And you know, word of mouth advertising is the best kind. So if you want to support the show in non-monetary ways, please tell your friends. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. Good Girls Talk About Sex is produced and edited by me, Leah Carey, and transcripts are produced by Jan Asiello. Until next time, here's to your better sex life! <laughs>